the intro music for Kane with the WWE back in the day. The former wrestler turned um, county mayor. That's right. Little, I wonder if he goes into the Knox County uh, Municipal Building with the pyrotechnics and the music playing every day when he walks in. I tell you what, if I was his campaign guy or political guy, I might say he should do that. That would be really awesome. <laughs> I went back uh, and looked at some of those I like old that music. Yeah, I was looked back and looked at some of those old WWE videos, and I mean that guy. One word to describe Kane as a wrestler was intimidating. So much better than the wrestling I grew up on. <laughs> Wait, what did you grow up on? Oh man, my dad used to watch. Well, I got two stories we'll get into, but my dad used to watch wrestling every Saturday night at like ten thirty at night. And uh, he would sit there with a bag of potato chips and watch <laughs> the local Dallas-Fort Worth uh, oh wrestling. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. With the, er- the gosh, Eric, I can't remember their names now. The Von Braun brothers or something like that. Von oh, Eric. That's... The Von Eric brothers. Yes. I grew up on Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage and the Million Dollar Man. And you know, th- that was my childhood, WWF wrestling. So, yeah, it was. Um, th- I, I did local stuff. So, I, you know, I'd get home from whatever and I'd sit there and watch <laughs> it with him. Uh, I've known you how long times. and I, did, I had no idea. Look at this childhood wrestling. Kane bringing people together just on the, yeah. their childhood wrestling. Kane is a step above what uh, I That's watched. That's right. Though. That's yeah. a little, little bit more high quality entertainment there. Yeah, um, for sure. And of course, it's real. Uh, look, I mean, we had a discussion about that, and you'll, you'll hear of this, but, I mean, it actually is athletic. I mean, you've got to oh, be yeah. an athlete to do this stuff. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, what else is in the news? Well, uh, you know, we had a little uh, backtrack in the press this week, at least in the national media, related to COVID origin story. I know Unbelievable. You know, it seemed like last year they were doing everything they could to – try to quell any conversation about this coming from a lab and a lot of people are backtracking this week yeah it was pretty amazing i mean the new york times this morning even you know uh they didn't totally say they screwed up but they came about as close as the new york times can do without saying they really messed it up but it's basically because they're biased against the former president yeah and he said it that it could have and you know it happened in the lab and it was totally dismissed by the press well it wasn't just him tom cotton uh you know oh, yeah, tom cotton um, for sure uh former- of course they slammed tom <laughs> cotton too at the same time right when they said he right. Was right right i was like so, you guys just can't help yourself man um it just uh, lots of folks were saying it uh, you know a lot lots of folks continue to say it and Facebook even went so far to try to ban any post that even talked about it. And now Facebook backtracked this week. So Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, you're seeing these tech companies really kind of with egg on their face multiple times here. They're not really interested in having honest debate or honest discussion. They're really kind of towing, for lack of a better word, a Democrat Party line. I hate to be partisan about it, but it's what they're doing. Yeah, um, or their line. Yeah. I mean, you know, what they want, they, they, what they want us to think, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so. yeah. Speaking of politics, uh, RGA was in Nashville this week. Yeah. Um, uh, lots Nashville's, of stuff going on. Lots of Nashville. Nashville is booming, y'all. I mean, we were on Broadway. Uh, there was an event, an RGA event on Broadway, and uh, it was hopping like it was pre-COVID. I mean, just, just lots of fun, lots of libations, um, lots of uh, well, lots, lots of good spirits. Yeah, so. I, mean, I think more and more it's beginning, you know, obviously it's a convention town but you know there's getting there's becoming um the go-to place for a big 
conventions like NRA has been here. And yeah. I wouldn't doubt, you know, I think that uh, Nashville would be a great city for the Republican uh, for either convention, Nash- quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. But obviously I'm biased towards the Republican convention, but having gone through that process before, um, I think Nashville fits it perfect. It's a lot the city's a lot different than it was back in 2012 or 2016. There's just so many more hotel rooms. That's right. Um, so well, anyway, I, I I hope that there's an effort to to maybe put it in Nashville. But I, I and I also think, and we talked about this offline, but I do think that we don't necessarily always have to go to a swing state or uh, I think we go. I, in my opinion, you should just go to the place that makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, I think Nashville's going to have a very, very um, solid case to make for the for RNC convention. But there's other great places too. Um, yeah, you know, Atlanta would be a good place, or uh, I mean, then that's just, that could be a swing state, and there makes there, there's some sense to do that. But no offense anyway. to our friends in Florida, but Tampa was not a great place for a convention. <laughs> oh man, I mean, you know, and it, quite frankly, I mean, Tennessee actually, we actually ended up getting a decent hotel. But yeah. it was still a long way from the Yeah. I mean, convention. what, the delegation was like 40 minutes away or something, right? I mean, it was it pretty far. And we've been farther. We've been farther. And I worked hard to try to get it in a decent location. So, yeah. anyway. Um, but it, it was. And um, anyway, but, yeah, I didn't like Tampa Convention. Yeah. Next week, uh, Tennessee 225 starts. Dolly Parton did a video with the governor. Right. This week on a on an old record player at the residence, I thought that was a cool video. Um, you know, Dolly Parton, uh, t- the Tennessee, our Tennessee treasure coming out for Tennessee two twenty five. So uh, little little state pride there this yeah. week and next. Yeah, that's awesome. How about Phil Mickelson? Oh gosh, I was so pumped watching him win. Um, I kind of thought about it. You know, I I hate Twitter, and I kind of think sometimes I'll tweet, and then I usually don't. But uh, I did wonder if um, if this is how our dads felt when Jack won the Masters, you know, in '86. Uh, like, you know, I, I hate to say this, dude, but I was actually watched that '86. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm a little older than you. No, I was, well, I was actually in my uh, in, in college watching it with my buddies. Oh, that's funny. And I felt we at the time, man, we thought '46 was so old. <laughs> uh, and now Phil, Phil looked good at 52. I mean, he's he's like slimmed up even more than you know, even 10, 15 years ago. So yeah, uh, and it, you know, this week he's playing uh, in one of my favorite tournaments, the Colonial in uh, Fort Worth, which I grew up going to. Um, and it's awesome. a it's a great tournament. Phil, I don't think he was going to play in it until the last minute, and so he's he's uh, he's paired up with Spieth and. Um, oh, that's awesome. Today and tomorrow, and I think so. My dad used to take us to the Colonial every year, and he used to let us skip school on Thursday to go. And uh, that's awesome. pretty awesome. I've got I've got every golfer's autograph that played before 1980, and um, including Gary Player, who cussed me out. Not cussed me out, but he got mad at me for trying to get his autograph. But anyway, <laughs> I got it. That's he awesome. He had a bad day on the on the course. Um, Amazon, you know, who's building uh, a presence here in Nashville, is in the news. Uh, they're buying MGM for what six point five billion. 
Um, now they you know, should have just given seven. What, what's yeah. another billion with the Amazon? Well, you know, if they had one more uh, Sean Connery, James Bond movie, it might have been worth seven. Yeah, and that's but, why they uh, bought it, apparently. It's one yeah. of the reasons is their huge library, which yeah. includes James Bond. And, well, the um, streaming wars are, are just are heating up. You've got Disney Plus. You've got, you know, HBO Max is merging. And, you know, this all these um, content streaming services are just trying to get all the content they can. And Amazon your, wants to play. What's your favorite james bond movie uh i i feel like it's cliche to say this but um i just love from russia with love um it's a it's it's the it's the quintessential kind of spy cold war movie um obviously connery was the best bond without i think connery was the best bond and um you know just the the 60s style and everything the, the the orient express and you know uh just all of it to me is is it that that was pinnacle to me and it really is what created james bond the brand because you know thunderball was the first one i'm sorry not thunderball um uh dr no was the first one and but it was the second one that you know really kind of made the franchise um there wouldn't have been a you know goldfinger or uh anything after that without from rush with love being successful so yeah uh, i like uh, i like connery the best but my favorite bond movie is actually live and let die with roger moore and really? I, I, yeah, I, I think honestly the only reason I like that is is because I actually it was the first Bond movie I saw at the movie theater. So I'm dating myself again, but I saw it at the movie theater in Sweetwater, Texas, where we used to get uh, some kind of soda drink where we mixed all the drinks together. It's weird, Coke, yeah. Sprite, everything all together. Sit there and watch the uh, Live and Let Die. Used to call that a suicide. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, an underrated Bond – well, we're on Bond, and, and we'll get to uh, our interview in a minute. But but while we're on Bond, an underrated Bond movie is The Living Daylights. Um, it was Timothy Dalton. You know, he only did two. Um, and he, But Dalton, you know, everybody kind of panned it at the time as, like, too intense. I thought he was pretty good. But it was actually, you know, like – he was he was um daniel craig before daniel craig was cool in a way like he had that intensity to it It was actually more true to the actual books and you know what's interesting is a lot of the story was in afghanistan and talking about the opium trade and everything which became a huge deal obviously you know post 9-11 and you know being in afghanistan for 20 years and still in the news even today there's a little prescience in that story that i think um still resonates so it's definitely worth a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while yeah yeah, he he was good. I, who was the guy who was that did one Bond movie? Uh, he was Roger Lazenby, right? Or not Roger? Uh, George Lazenby. God, that's a great um, memory. Yeah, Jeez. on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, um, that was that, that you was a like weird a Bond one. fan, man. Um, I'll watch it. You know, ironically, uh, that was a weird one because um, Lazenby like looked to camera like after the opening intro and said that never happened with the other one. And it was kind of this weird moment where it's like Bond doesn't speak direct to camera. It just it was a weird movie all around, and uh, you know that was the one where Bond got married and just the whole thing was just just a little bit off. But altogether, not a bad movie. And t- that was Telly Savalas as um, Blofeld. Hmm. So I hate to say this, I don't think I've seen it. Interesting. Well, you know, uh, which is pretty amazing since I had twenty hours of film credits. In Amazon, Amazon's paying six and a half billion dollars to hope that you will. So, be easy to get on Amazon Prime, I'm sure. Or not. I'm going to well, spend yeah. most of my time watching old Kane videos. So, <laughs> I, 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 well, 
What a segue, man! You you must have been in radio. Let's uh, let's get to the interview. What what do you say? Let's go. All right. Next up, uh, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, also known as Kane. Joining us today is Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Mayor Jacobs, thanks for joining us today. Thank you yeah, for having thank me, you, Mayor. Thank you for great day out here in Knoxville. Too. It's beautiful. Yeah, some people think that I do control the weather. I do not, because then I have to take the blame for bad weather days. That's right. But it is a beautiful day here. That's right. Well, uh, we're, we appreciate the time. We're here at the Knoxville City County Building in your your beautiful office, and you know, nice view of of uh, of, of the river here in Knoxville, and. You know, just it is a remarkable view. Every time I come come up here to do some sort of business in this county building, it is a it's yeah. a very nice view that you. It guys is. Have. It's it's beautiful because uh, we are sitting right on the Tennessee River, and uh, off in the distance you can see the foothills of the Smokies, and it's really nice. Um, looking out my window when I do uh, the you know now the ubiquitous Zoom meeting, it seems like. Um, my backdrop is the river and the foothills in the distance. So I probably have the best backdrop of anyone on a Zoom meeting across the country. I think that's yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I might be right. Well, you know, you've, you, get to, you get a good view of, of Knox County. Tell us, how's Knox County been over the last couple of years as you've been mayor now for a little over three years now, right? It's been about two and a half Two and a half. Years. Yes. So, uh, I actually went in September 1st of 2018. Um, and of course, everything was great until about March of last year right. when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. But we've weathered that very well. Um, we're a community, I really think that we're a community on the rise. We have a lot of uh, great things happening. We're in a really good place. Being in Tennessee, of course, gives us natural advantage over a lot of other places around the country with the business-friendly attitude of state government. And we certainly carry that through at a local level as well. We also have some very unique uh, and incredible natural assets. We have the Smoky Mountains, the Smoky, Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which is about 40 minutes away. Um, we have some great greenways and parks. And then when it comes to man-made resources, the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is the nation and probably the world's foremost research and development lab, that's only about half an hour away. Of course, we have the University of Tennessee is located here in Knoxville. And then TVA is headquartered in Knoxville. And we always think of TVA as an electricity company, but their mandate is much more than that. It's actually economic development throughout the Tennessee Valley. So we're very fortunate to have them headquartered here as well. Yeah. You know, you talked about Oak Ridge. We actually spoke with Speaker Sexton about this a little bit. You know, how is Oak Ridge driving business to to this area? How are we or is there plans to use it more even even more as an economic development tool? Yes. When I was campaigning, I talked a lot about the power of our institutions when it came to economic development, those being TVA, UT, and ORNL. And I think that gives us a triad of assets that are very unique and uh, no one else in the country can match that. So the technology that's coming out of the lab is having a real world, real world impact. We're starting to see that now. You know, For years what they were doing was kind of theoretical and um, it, it was out in the in the ether, right? You had these great ideas, but how do you bring those to market? Um, a few years ago, they they uh, built something called the Manufacturing Demonstration Facility, the MDF, which is that's its mandate is to work with the private sector to bring these innovations to market. So one example is the world's first three D printed car is on a showroom floor out in West Knoxville. 
that's Hardin Valley. That ain't Silicon Valley. Um, it's a company called Local Motors, and uh, they're moving more and more of their company here and uh, attracting other companies. Uh, I just recently talked with a, uh, a company that has a patent on wireless pads for your car. So your electric car, you pull up on a pad and charge it wirelessly, uh, as well as battery uh, innovations and development. Uh, so we have that. Oak Ridge is also home of, uh, currently, I forget, where they are in the, on, on the list of world's fastest supercomputers, but I believe next year they will be once again be the yeah. top. Um, they're building another supercomputer, which will be the fastest in the world. So that gives us a tremendous advantage when it comes to data analytics. Um, we actually have a, a large bit mining company here in Knox County. Really? Hmm. Yeah, a company called uh, Bitmain, which is in our Forks of the River industrial complex. So let's get Elon Musk on. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. but I think at some point, and I hope that East Tennessee and Knox County will become synonymous with innovation, much like Silicon Valley is, uh, much like Route 128, uh, and much like the Research Triangle in North Carolina is. You know, Mayor Suarez in Miami mm -hmm. has become kind of an internet celebrity of sorts by trying to recruit technology businesses. Can we see that in your future, Mayor, yeah, Mayor I, Jacobs? Yeah, doing the same I, thing? absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, uh, I am... I don't like Bitcoin, but it's a personal it's a personal issue of mine. Because I knew about Bitcoin when it was a nickel, and I chose not to buy any because I didn't see any blue sky, right? Yeah. So um, that's the reason I don't like Bitcoin, uh, because I've missed out on a tremendous opportunity. Um, but like with Mayor Suarez, uh, he wants to make Miami like the Bitcoin hub. Um, and we've actually had some talks with some uh, cryptocurrency people as well about doing some things here. And I think that does tie in with the other innovation that we have going on here. Let's talk about it offline. We don't sure. want our podcast listeners to get in on this before we do. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. We, wanna, we get a good investment in here and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, I want to talk a little, uh, a little politics, a little sure. political. Um, you know, you had a, an interesting, a good route, but unusual route to uh, county mayor and into politics and look i mean there's a lot of people that know who you are you have 119 120,000 twitter followers mm -hmm. uh which is impressive but you were in professional wrestling yes did, did you always want to be a professional wrestler did you see that in your future i mean how did, how did you get from wrestling to elected office i grew up on a farm in missouri about an hour outside st louis my dad was retired military 21 years of service mom was homemaker we always did okay, but um, a lot of that was due to, to dad's retirement from the military. Uh, and he would have a hard time, this is back in the 1970s, uh, and it was a depressed area, so he had a hard time sometimes finding work and would work in factories and worked really hard, but there were, there were times when it came down to the car would break down and kind of what are we gonna do, right? Um, and for me, th that financial security and not feeling that we're living paycheck to paycheck uh, was very important. So I always wanted to be a professional athlete. I saw that as my way to success. Um, I was wanted to be a baseball player. I was a big fan of the St. Louis Cardinals. Would have worked, except I was a ter terrible baseball player. So in order to play in the pros, <laughs> you have to be pretty good. Um, I ended up playing basketball in college, then switched to football. Uh, looked like I might be able to play in the NFL and then suffered a very serious knee injury, which ended my football career. And just thought to myself, I'd always been kind of a fan of professional wrestling, but took an inventory of what my assets were. Uh, a big guy, still a pretty good athlete despite the knee injury. 
and just decided to give professional wrestling a shot. And it was remarkably, I, I was just remarkably blessed and fortunate to have a great career. And when I look back at that, I, I think, you know, I grew up on a farm in Missouri and my parents weren't politically connected, weren't affluent by any stretch of the imagination. And I've been able to live this life that I never dreamed of when I was a kid. I've, I've traveled the world, I've entertained millions of people, performed with names that we all know. Um, and how could that happen? And it happened because in America you have opportunities and if you're willing to work hard, uh, those opportunities will eventually show up. And I think that's the most important thing about this country. Uh, I, I'm a product of the American dream. And for me, it's just ensuring that that goes on. I mean, Ronald Reagan said that freedom is never more than a generation away from extinction. And that's my personal philosophy, is I wanna, I wanna see the American dream be perpetuated for another generation. Which is more painful, taking a chair to the back of the head or dealing with the local health board? <laughs> <laughs> They're painful in different ways. <laughs> I, I did, you know, in, in wrestling, I took a lot of physical abuse, and now I take a lot of emotional well, and verbal abuse. Well, I was going to ask you, what, 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 are the, what, are some compar- uh, what are the things that are comparable with wrestling and uh, elected politics? They're very similar, I would say. They, they I would actually, think they're very similar. Well, they actually Except, are, yeah. they actually are similar. Uh, because in wrestling, it's a team sport, despite the fact that you know, you're out there as individuals, you're t- still trying to put on the best show that you can, and you're trying to position the company as best you can. And that's what you do in government too. Um, so politics is everywhere in our lives, right? And we always think of politicians and, and government as being the only place where politics is. But you know, it's the ability um, to, to work with people, um, the ability to hopefully get people to um, see that your way is a good way to go and to form a good team and to build consensus. That's, that's all actually all part of wrestling as well. Um, so even though it doesn't, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we do talk about the, you know, being able to deal with the media, um, you know, being able to, to stay on point with the message that you want to get across. Um, so it, it has very served me very well. That's good. You know, we've got you and Jesse Ventura and now The Rock's thinking about running. It seems like there's a, a connection to, you know, <laughs> professional wrestling and politics. So, you know, there yeah. seems to be some, some connection there. Well, Linda McMahon ran for Senate that's right, twice. That's right. And then she was President Trump's small business administrator. Um, there's actually uh, a guy named uh, B. Brian Blair was county mayor down in Hillsborough County, which is Tampa. And then a friend of mine... Uh, May name Matt Morgan, uh, is a professional wrestler, and he's uh, mayor of a small town outside of Orlando. Wow. So there is a bit of a connection. So can we see a Kane versus The Rock presidential race <laughs> no. in twenty twenty eight? Are we gonna? I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know, and Dwayne's a really good guy. Um, you know, I hope he understands if he decides to get into politics, he ain't gonna be nearly as popular as he is as a movie star because you know if you're a movie star, everybody likes you. Right. When you're a politician, it's no matter where you are, a significant portion of of the electorate does not like you if you're doing your job. Yeah, you that's right. You sound like you speak from experience on that. How, how's that been? <laughs> how's that changed? You know, if people, you know, you you go from a situation where it's it's a fun environment and you're able to entertain and 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 be a great athlete and now you come into the sure. hard knock world of politics where people are upset if you make a decision where they disagree with. How's that changed your, your outlook on things? It hasn't changed my outlook because to me, I have to do what I believe is right according to the principles that I believe in. Um, and as long as I do that, I'm good. And people can get mad 
I mean, you know, you, you can't stick your finger in the wind and, uh, you know, just say, um, I'm going to make a decision based upon popular opinion. Um, first of all, because people always, don't always have the information that you have and they may not realize, you know, it, it's amazing. And, and you guys mm -hmm. know this, you know, but folks read something and the next thing you know, you know, they're an expert on whatever. It's like, you know, there's all this other stuff that you're completely ignoring. Um, so, you know, you just have to do what you think is right. And sometimes you're going to get beat up over it. But as long as, as long as I'm good with the decision, as long as the big guy upstairs is good with me making that decision, that's my job. What are, what are, um, you know, growing up and now, I mean, is there a, who do you look to for inspiration in terms of, you know, political leaders or leaders in general? Well, I already mentioned Reagan. Right, yeah, Reagan. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the founding fathers, uh, just because, I mean, they were, um, no matter what shortcomings they had, and certainly they were human beings, um, but we often forget that uh, the courage that it took to do what they did. I mean, they literally rebelled against their own country, and um, if they had lost the Revolutionary War, George Washington wouldn't have been the father of America. He would have been a traitor to the British Empire who would have been hanged. Um, so, uh, you know, and then I think about, you know, um, just other folks that maybe everybody out there doesn't know, um, but, you know, who have um, had the courage to do the right thing. I mean, you know, JFK had his book, Profiles and Courage. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I tell you, a lot of the folks in the book, I'm probably not going to agree with their politics, but I do agree with the courage that it took for them to make certain stands when they did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the most important thing. And of course, you know, that's why nowadays um, politicians and elected officials aren't respected as much as they should because um, too many of them won't make the tough decision um, or, you know, will compromise their principles. There are a few who don't do that. Right. And, you know, um, they, they have my immense respect. Um, but for the most part, you know, the stereotype now is, you know, they're just in it for themselves and just trying to get elected again. Yeah. How do you see Washington right now? How do I see Washington? Yeah. I try not to. I know, me too. <laughs> because I think there's more, there's more going on here Yeah. in Knox County or in the state of Tennessee and getting done, I think. Yes. There, there really is, I believe, the same thing. You know, local government's where the rubber meets the road. State government's really important. Um, when I look at Washington, I mean, I'm just like everyone else. It's, you know, I'm just disillusioned. Uh, and it's just, it, it literally is just a political game, you mm -hmm. know. And it's, um, you know, stand in the way, obstruct, just because of your party. Um, and, I, I mean, the amount of money that's being spent right now. Over there on my wall, I know your podcast, people can't hear this. Um, I have uh, some currencies from... <laughs> two different hyperinflation, Zimbabwe and also the Weimar Republic. And How I'm, appropriate. Uh, yes. And, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not saying that's where, where the U.S. is going, but when we're talking about $30 trillion in debt, um, these programs, which are, you know, used to be billions of dollars, now it's trillions of dollars. Um, that's going to have an extremely bad outcome uh, for ourselves and for our kids. We're saddling them with tremendous amounts of debt, and we're not getting anything for that. Yeah. So it, it is, I'm, you know, I, I would, I would prefer not to think about Washington if, if I possibly could. It is amazing though, how it, 
not too long ago it was billions and we thought that was a lot of money yeah. and now you know you can snap a finger and they're trying to pass another trillion dollar bill yeah. Six and that's trillion. nothing about our tennessee congressman or anything no like that. no but i as a whole the you know it's it's bad what's going on yeah it's it's extraordinary it's amazing bad. that they're talking trillions now yeah. and not billions and frankly it's unsustainable too i mean i don't know what happens but at some point i think you reach uh, you reach some point of no return uh, and i don't know exactly what that looks like uh, but you know the great thing about though a place like tennessee um, is because we do have such a strong, robust economy. Um, I think we're much better positioned than many pla- many other places in mm-hmm. the country. In fact, what we've seen here in Knox County and across Tennessee is businesses that are just tired of dealing with some of these state and local governments. They're coming here, yeah. uh, which which is good for us because it means more You're jobs. You're getting Californians here? Yeah. 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 yeah that's so, going on everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and, and frankly, that's good. Those are the kind of people, the entrepreneurs, those are the kind of people that, that build an economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's California's loss, but it is our game. Yeah. You've kind of gone on social media and, and uh, done a great job just, you know, kind of being authentic, I would say. Uh, <laughs> you know, the pancake flipping the other day, yeah. you know, just <laughs> tagging IHOP. There's just some, some great things I think you're doing. Um, one of the things you've kind of talked about is, you know, you kind of, you're more libertarian than Republican. What does that mean to you as a difference between, you know, you talked about parties sure. being – Kind of a negative in Washington. What, like, what, 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 what kind of governing principles are, are libertarian? I would, co- I would call myself a conservatarian. Conservatarian. Um, yeah. And what that means is, in you know, my personal life, I'm, I'm, I'm a conservative. Yeah. You know, as far as uh, what I believe, um, just don't know that government should be doing a lot of those things um, that you know that um, that some folks think that it that they should be doing. And I think a lot of folks in Tennessee are like that. Um, it means you're fiscally responsible um, at the same time. You know, people should have the ability uh, to choose in their own life so long as they're not hurting anyone else. Um, so uh, libertarians are, you know, we're, we're just small government, um, small government people. Uh, interestingly, Ronald Reagan said that libertarianism is the heart of conservatism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's really not that much difference. And I think that a lot of folks, uh, you know, who consider themselves conservatives, you know, they fit nicely into a, a libertarian mold as well. Yeah. You know, we, we just governing philosophy and, and the, the role of government. Obviously, this past year has been very difficult, uh, you right. know, for a small C, a big C conservative even. Um, you know, government's had to interject itself in a lot of different ways. Before the interview, we were talking about Tennessee and Knoxville in particular as compared to some other cities and states. What would you say are the differences that, on how you've approached COVID and how you've come out better than a sure. lot of the other places, and maybe even you know a broader question later is how have you dealt with it overall, just personally? Right, I I really respect what Ron DeSantis has done uh, throughout the uh, the pandemic um, in realizing that the Constitution does not get suspended under any circumstances, um, and it's been very disappointing to see many places around the country that literally you know just locked everything down and are still locked down. Um, here in Tennessee, uh, you know, Governor, Governor Lee did some stuff, but it was pretty mild, and we went through it pretty quickly, um, and I, I really respect that. Um, you know, when, when we think about um, the pandemic and the loss of life, and, you know, this is, this is very true. At the same time, economies are made up of people. And when you hurt your economy so badly that people can't work, can't provide for their families, um, 
that becomes very problematic, you know, and we've seen increase in suicides, mental health issues, a crime. Um, you know, I, I very much worry about our young people and uh, not being in school, you know, and uh, it, it's wonderful that schools and, and our schools worked really hard on virtual schooling. I don't think that replaces in-person instruction, especially for kids in distressed areas. Um, so I think that the further we get from the pandemic, I think that history is going to look back and say, um, you know, there were some serious mistakes made and there was a lot of government overreach. So we tried to keep ours as mild as we could. I couldn't always do that because I wasn't the person in control. We did have a board of health making a lot of those decisions. Um, but I did my best to ensure that business, businesses could remain open, um, you know, that, that kids could go to school. Uh, one interesting fact that isn't noted a whole lot, uh, during the pandemic, 75% of the drop-off in economic activity, this is a, a statistic that was given me by a UT economics professor, 75% of the economic activity nationwide drop-off occurred before the government lockdowns happened. So people were already, you know, people were already doing things Taking that steps, they felt, right. yeah, to stay safe and healthy. And certainly you want everyone to, to, to stay safe, safe and healthy. So we encourage people to do that. But I also think that in many cases it is an individual choice right. and we have to respect that. Right. Moving forward out of COVID, uh, what are your goals here for the county? Well, uh, we just we just presented a budget to county commission, and there's no tax increase, which I'm very Yay. happy about. We haven't had a tax increase in the county in um, in literally a couple decades. Property tax, uh, which we're which we're very happy about. Um, economic development is my my primary thing. I mean, jobs and good jobs, and we're seeing that. We have uh, Amazon's actually uh, coming here uh, and building a delivery station. Uh, we had the East Town Mall, which uh, sadly was a property that I remember taking my kids to, but. Um, you know, just in this day and age of all the internet retailers, we, we're not big enough to support two malls. We have another mall on the west side of town. Um, so that that property had uh, um, had fallen into, there was closed, and um, very afraid that was going to turn into a blighted property. So uh, they'll be drink, bringing 700 jobs with them, wow. which is good. We have another a company called CGI, uh, which is a global uh, IT company. Um, they're bringing 300 jobs with an average wage rate of about $65,000 a year plus, which is tremendous for this area. And another company coming in that uh, has 265 jobs. Um, so I think our future is extremely bright. Um, you know, we're working on, um, we're working on a development that includes a multi-purpose uh, facility, a stadium, uh, but also uh, about $140 million in development on the east side of Knoxville, which is currently a blighted warehouse district. Um, you know, so that, that's, been, that's been something that's been sort of um, difficult for me to get through philosophically, uh, you know, because I don't like government involved in building stadiums, but I think that we've been able uh, to put together an arrangement um, that really offsets the cost to the taxpayers. You know, tax, there's not going to be a tax increase and there won't be an additional tax burden. And kind of the way I look at it is actually uh, it's a public facility that the private sector is helping to build. Um, so I think that's about the best you're going to get nowadays. Um, but I'm excited about that. Hopefully we'll get that done. Uh, and all in all, there's just some really great things happening here. Uh, as a Knoxvillian, I'm excited the Smokies are coming back to Knoxville. You know, that's uh, being able to go to a game you know, at night and just go right downtown or, you know, right over to, to the east side. Right. It's going to be and I think that's, that's exciting. I think that's going to transform that area. Yeah. Um, and it's going to bring some capital and private investment into 
uh, section of town that really needs it, uh, as well as, as some jobs and some opportunities. So we're, we're excited about that. Speaking of being a Knoxville, my first job, we talked about malls. My first job was the Chick-fil-A in Westtown Mall. So <laughs> there you glad go. to see Westtown right. is still there, live yeah. and kicking. Yeah, Westtown's well, uh, doing great. <laughs> I don't have anything else unless you do. Well, you know, one of the things I think we wanted to kind of, well, a couple of questions we've kind of asked some some folks and just trying to get to know you better is, you, we're talking about Knox County. Where are some of the places you like to go? I mean, obviously... You know, this is a vibrant community, yes. great restaurant. What was it? Knoxville was the second most restaurants per capita, I think, in the country. At some Man, we're a something. foodie town. People yeah. don't know that. It's funny because yeah. I was talking to some friends from out of town. They're like, you know, where where can we go get a good burger? I think I stopped after I named 20 places. <laughs> well, did you start with Litton's? Is that, is <laughs> that the first one? Litton's is great. Vol Market's great. Um, Stock and Barrel down in oh, Market yeah. Square is yeah. great. Um, and then we have, you know, we've like Nick and Jay's uh, Diner, which is out off Level Road. Uh, there's actually a small place in South Knoxville called GD Deli. Um, the, uh, Slow down, it, I'm writing, all, it, writing all these down. Inskip Grill's great. Um, I mean, we have everything, everything you'd possibly imagine. Uh, Louis Restaurant out in Halls is one of my favorites. Paro's on the Hill. Um, we, have, we have Indian food. We have Middle Eastern food, Chinese, Mexican, you name it, right? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you get into uh, you know the Tennessee Theater, which is the state's official theater, um, is down on Gay Street. Uh, this morning, I was out in um, the west side of the county, and on North Shore, and at, at Cove Park and Concord Park, and we're we're uh, completing the Greenway, which will link three miles of our parks and marinas. That's going to be beautiful. Um, in North Knoxville, we're working on a Beaver Creek Water Trail, which is going to be a 44-mile kayak trail that will go all the way from Halls to Melton Hill Lake, which is going to be awesome. Uh, the city has the urban wilderness, which includes mountain biking. I think we're the only place in the country that has mountain biking in a metropolitan hmm. area. So there is, there's just so much stuff to do here. Um, and that's one of the great things is, is we're an outdoor recreation um, we're becoming an outdoor recreation destination. Cross mm-hmm. the, the CrossFit qualifying games are going to be here at the end of the month. There's only 10 of those in the entire world, and we're getting one of them That's right awesome. here in Knox County, which is amazing. So there's a lot of good stuff to do. Of course, you got UT football, Lady Vols basketball. Um, there's just And ball baseball now, And right? ball baseball. They're going to yeah. be 100% uh, for this upcoming uh, – Yeah, and what are they, ranked fourth or fifth yeah, in the good. country? They're That's really right. good, yeah. Um, you know, we uh, – um, we talked about, just because you mentioned UT, I asked the governor this, I'm going to have to ask you this too. Um, do we have a plan to help UT get better at football as part of your job <laughs> in Knox County? We, you know, we just need to get them back over the hump there. Just, this is part of your job, I think, you know, I think we, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I will tell you when the men's basketball team was ranked number one in the country, this town was on such a high. Yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, they, you know, everything, everything was rosary and everything was better. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to, to ball, football getting back. Uh, I, I think that's going to happen. Danny White's arguably the best athletic director in the country. Josh Heupel is a great coach, had a lot of success at Central Florida. Um, you know, I think we do have to understand that, unfortunately, the program has been beaten down. Uh, so it'll take him a little time to recover, and I certainly hope that the fan base allows him that. But I think they're, you know, 
I think that they're on their way back. Devaney was a beneficiary of some Josh Heupel beatdowns on Texas and other teams when he was in Oklahoma. So. Yeah, yeah. I went to OU. He was our quarterback. Oh, but, oh man. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Jim Ross. national championship. I didn't know you went to Oklahoma. I did, yeah. Jim Ross, who's WWE announcer for a long time, is a big Oklahoma person. Oh, really? Person. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'll have to hook you guys up, man. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, any future plans for – Mayor Jacobs, after your terms are up, you know, like I, I joke about the Rock, but you know, you're you're doing a great job here. Like, what else? What's in your What's in your future? I don't know. I just announced for my reelection yeah. campaign. Well, we're, uh, we're looking be... past that already. We don't, <laughs> we don't get to the next thing. <laughs> in my life, you know, I've never been one of those people, and, and this is probably a shortcoming of mine, um, that has like said, "This is these are this is my goal, and these are the steps I'm going to get there uh, to achieve that," because. It, my life has been kind of like Rocky Balboa, where everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's been me a lot, right? Um, so I, I don't know. I just want to do the best job that I can um, while I'm in office here as mayor. Uh, and that it's a big job. I mean, and, you know, people sometimes think that stuff like this is a stepping stone. This is not a stepping stone. I mean, it's 470,000 people in this county. Uh, we're the capital of East Tennessee. The MSA is 1.2 million. So a lot of people... Uh, are, are impacted by what my office does. Um, so right now, that's it. I just want to do the best job that I can. It's a lot of responsibility. I mean, is it what you expected? Obviously, COVID changed all that, but was it what you expected when you put your name on the ballot? Is it everything that you had kind of walked in? Obviously, you probably couldn't have anticipated right. all that, but like expectations versus reality on all that. How's it been? As you said, I couldn't have anticipated it. And yeah. people will be like, was it your question uh is it what you thought it'd be and it's hard for me to say because i didn't really know <laughs> what i thought it would be and i also think it's what you make it um I, i've i've really tried to take a regional approach and work with the uh the other counties and the other county mayors because we, we are the capital of east tennessee um so you know that's something that i've really concentrated on um but a lot of it yeah it is what it, what, what, what you make it um I, I love the economic development part of it uh there's certain things that i really don't like about the job uh, but all in all I've had the two best jobs in the world I've been a WWE superstar and I've been Knox County Mayor and I don't think it gets any better than those I don't think there's I any better th way I want to thank you for, for yeah. being here today with us and, and thank you for the job that you're doing here in Knox County well thank you all for, for yep. visiting our lovely county I appreciate you guys that's the best way to end this interview with that Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs thank you for the time and we appreciate you being on. Thank you. That was Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Yeah, really, really interesting guy. And very affable, really, very intelligent, yeah. affable. Um, I just huge. I enjoyed it. <laughs> that guy is huge. And he's, and he's I, huge. I, you know, I used to think feel... Fred Thompson was huge. And then, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I used just, to do the uh... Fred Thompson cable show back in the day. I was the host. Oh, that's awesome. But the, and then Chuck um, Grassley called me to host his, and it was a it was totally different. Fred was, was so training much more for our imitated. podcast, training for this for but this very Glenn, moment. You didn't know Glenn it. was really good, and um, you know we we both got to know him when we were on the Bill E campaign, right? And um, he's just he was very accommodating to do this interview he, too. He was running at the same time as Governor Lee was, right. and so we'd see him you know, in East Tennessee at Knox County events. And he always showed up um, when a lot of others wouldn't or didn't or couldn't or what have you. I mean, he just, he was really um, uh, 
you know, kind of a fixture that we'd see. Um, and it wasn't in a way of like showing, um, you know, any favoritism. It was more just he he just saw an event and wanted to be there and, you know, is doing the hard grassroots stuff to campaign to win. And it worked. Yeah. And I, I think he's really getting a good reputation and not, you know, he, he narrowly won his, right. his race. But I think that people are really been impressed. What I could see, they've been impressed with his leadership. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I'm from Knoxville. Um, still have a lot of family in Knoxville and friends in Knoxville. And everybody I talk to in Knoxville loves him and thinks that he's doing a great job. And he's really kind of a unifying force that um, is kind of a rare breed in politics these days. I mean, you know, most people kind of pick a side and kind of get ossified, but. Um, Glenn has reached reached uh, across aisles and across um, ideologies to really you know, kind of unify for a positive view towards himself, and and, and it's showing. He's he's done a great job. He's just very responsive and um, you know friendly and approachable. And um, I just I, I think obviously he's someone to watch in Republican politics, both in our state and maybe even beyond. Although he did dodge my question on whether or not he's going to run against the Rock in twenty twenty eight. So great question though. <laughs> a little wrestling preview, perhaps. Yeah, you our... you watch a little more wrestling than I thought, man. <laughs> I I'm was, impressed. We, we, you know, I, we talked about it off air, but 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 I was at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans with a few buddies, and he was he was there too. We we had a little fun talking about that, you know, after the fact. So it was a fun little story. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, um, how you know we could you can find Mayor Jacobs um, at Glenn Jacobs TN on Twitter. And uh, he's he's a he's a he's a vociferous tweeter. He really um, is a, you know, kind of has a liberty minded focus, as he says, and loves to kind of tweet a lot of different things. He's, he's got a good, good Twitter profile going. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Where do you find us, Devaney? At uh, Poplar Group on uh, Twitter and um, at uh, poplargroup.com. Yeah, that's right. Well, we hope everybody has uh great memorial day weekend we obviously um want to thank all those who were um you know uh, made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms that's a lot of folks try to make this about the kickoff to summer but we try to remember the real reason for memorial day which is um you know remembering those who who didn't make it home and and you know died in service for our country um yeah and And i I would say you know if you see a service person or thank them for their service uh even though it's about the people who you know gave the ultimate sacrifice people are still putting their lives on the line every day and i would thank the veterans too you know that you that's see. right that's right well devaney it's been been fun we'll look forward to next week's episode and until then everyone have a good weekend and and enjoy your time see you later <laughs>